The name's Bond. James Bond. Hello and welcome to The Road to No Time to Die. What do you want to watch is look back at Daniel Craig's era as James Bond. I'm your host, Hobley, Ashley Hobley. Joining me today is our British secret agent, Kieran Marchant. It's Marchant. Kieran Marchant. And Explosion Works own M, Dylan Blight. I'm shaken, not stirred. Damn, I'm actually... J- no, it's fine. Him, he can... Yeah, no, that's fine. Be, be the M. Well, I mean, he dies in this, so spoilers. Does that mean... D- <laughs> wow. Does that, mean, does that mean, actually, that you're Q? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just bring out the worst gadgets. It's like nothing late, nothing new, like really old. It's, like, it's called a chair. <laughs> All right, please be aware we will be freely discussing anything and everything about the plot themes and ending of this week's film, Skyfall. So you haven't watched it, come back later. Uh, let's jump into our discussion of Skyfall. Three months ago, you lost the drive containing the identity of every agent embedded in terrorist organizations across the globe. 007 reporting for duty. Where the hell have you been? Enjoying death. I only have one question. Why not stay dead? There's no shame in saying you've lost a step. targeting her. They wanted her to see it. Welcome to the new MI6. I'm your quartermaster. You must be joking. Also PPKS 9mm short. It's been coded to your palm print so only you can fire it. Less of a random killing machine, more of a personal statement. Q. 007. I want to meet your employer. How much do you know about fear? All there is. Not like this. Not like him. Just look at you, chasing spies. England, and my sex. She sent you after me, know when you're not ready, know when you would likely die. Mommy was very bad. The two survivors, this is what she made us. Everybody needs a hobby. So what's yours? Resurrection. Directed by Sam Mendes. Uh, written by Neil Purvis, Robert Wade, John Logan, based on James Bond by Ian Fleming, starring Daniel Craig, Javier Bardem, Ray Fiennes, Naomi Harris, Bernice Marlowe, uh, Albert Finney, uh, Ben Whishaw, and Judy Dench. Dylan, what did you think of Skyfall? Uh, this is the best James Bond movie. Well, it's my favorite James Bond movie, and I think it's the best made James Bond movie. Uh, I think the one asterisk I always put on this, because it's a this of you know this is how it felt since it came out i just don't think it touches anything else is i do understand how if some people are like yeah it's really good but like it's it doesn't have like the typicals but they're looking for a, a proper james bond i guess story like some villain trying to destroy the world or something or or whatever else or even i understand some people go don't like to compare the the craig era to the to the og era and you know some people like to be like well Skyfall is like the best of the new ones and like then they have like their favorite like GoldenEye or fucking I don't know like 
some shit like that from the the other ones. I don't. What fine. As far as I'm concerned, this is the best made James Bond film. It has the the most interesting plot because it is a lot more grounded and simple. Like it's literally a revenge story that's all tied into M and her past and like and spies and it just ties into James Bond because the villain's literally like you can view him as someone that Bond himself could have become in a worst case scenario. Um, and that all makes it so interesting. All the action scenes are shot really well. They're super interesting. Um, the film in general, from the, from, from the get-go, it's all shot very well from the moment um, Daniel Craig first walks up to that camera and they have that like slitted lighting just on his eyes and, and stuff like that. It's Rocking all Roger Deakins, great. Right? Yeah, yeah. Robbed. Yeah. Robbed. Robbed. Consistently robbed. Um, it's just, it is top to bottom. The most, through to the finale in the house, like what a great locale to shoot something like that they have that one moment where the house is on fire and you got javier bardem like walking away or whatever this is like the shadowy figure and you've got the house burning in the background like there's so many great shots in this and just so many great moments you can sort of freeze frame and put on a wall and it looks so good um and yeah it, the, the story is just the most interesting i love the fact that you don't meet the bad guy for like the first half of the film but from the moment you meet him he's just like automatically the most terrifying and engaging person that you've probably had in a, a bond film in, in so long that like very long sequence of him just walking towards bond the one take just automatically gets into the monologue you're like okay well this is this is why you get the, the right monologue, yeah. actors to yeah yeah <laughs> to, to come in um and all these uh, things um I, I love it. I think it's great. I think I think where the last film was like, oh, let's have a little bit more M in this one than this one. They're like, well, let's make the whole film about M <laughs> and do all these, these sorts of things. And all in all, this is the first film. This is like a film that really feels like it starts to push the universe forward. Like it starts introducing Money Penny for the new universe. It starts to introduce it introduces the the Q for this universe and all these other sorts of things. Like it is by far the most interesting, engaging, best shot, some of the best action, everything. I, don't know. I, I find it hard when people, I see people online saying that this movie is completely overrated and all this sort of stuff won't use. Or, I, don't I, I don't get it. I don't see how anyone could dislike this movie. I don't see if people don't like it as much as I do. And I have other, you know, if someone else have a different favorite Bond movie, but to say this movie is bad, I just don't get it. I think this is, yeah, it's this stepped the game up so much that, when we get to next week's and it takes like two steps back into the direction of old Bond films, I was really confused when this one was like, here's the new direction for the Bond franchise. I was like, well, let's fucking go. And then we'll talk about it ne- next week, of course, with Spectre, but I was like, and then let's go backwards. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Karen, what are your feelings on Skyfall? Uh, to me, this is the perfect James Bond movie. Um, I fucking love this movie top to bottom. I think this is the most perfect swan song for Dame Judi Dench in her role as M to pass that on um, to another fantastic fucking actor in Ray Fiennes. Um, I think, you know, there's there's nothing as heartfelt or as kind of interesting for me is kind of having this set in modern day and having the, the overall kind of conversation within the movie about where his spies fit in modern day and everything, whereas... You know, James Bond was written back during like the Vietnam and the Cold War kind of era, like where espionage was kind of prominent in the real world, and just the whole scene of um, M in the courtroom or in that kind of council hearing, and just her speaking about the dangers and the fact that we don't know who the bad guys are anymore. You don't know who the enemy is anymore. 
I think that is so fucking well written along with everything else in this movie. I think um, Daniel Craig is fantastic. My only kind of weird point about the story of the kind of overall writing for this movie is we go from two movies ago, we do Casino Royale, we do this whole kind of story about Bond being the new hotshot agent on the block, and then we come around to this story, and this, this story is kind of telling the story of... Uh, and even, like, you know, Quantum of Solace happens so closely in the timeline to um, Royale. We're now coming to this story, and this story is kind of about Bond being the old dog in the yard and, and kind of outgrowing what it is to be an agent and, and his kind of recuperation of, you know, the old guard. And it's just kind of a... To me, it's a bit odd in that time of storyline when we've we've only just technically started with two movies that are kind of explaining James Bond's start of his double O career and kind of this spy career. And at this point, we're now It's like of- heavily implied there's many years between Quantum and Solace and this. Yes. Yeah. It's just, mm. I guess it's just one of the weird things where you just go, because at the same time, even though it's not a bad thing, this movie just fucking hucks out pretty much everything that they were trying to build up on or work upon in the last two movies. All the kind of quantum stuff, all of the kind of... They, they let James's kind of personal feelings wrap up, but they're like, no, nah, we don't need to even fucking try and connect this movie to that. Let's have this own movie, its own details. Let's build up Money Penny and make her a more established character and not just a secretary like she really is in the previous Bond movies and the books. And then also... My favorite fucking god, I love Q so fucking much in this movie. Like Q, I is... too love Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, there's just I think even before we said we were gonna watch this, I think every now and then I randomly like just look up the scene between Q and James Bond sat in the art gallery because I I so fucking appreciate not just them taking this route of having this kind of younger looking modern day Q. But at the same time, seeing by the end of that conversation, Bond respects him because of the back and forth in that conversation. And Bond, like, whereas instead of just having Bond being like, oh, you're just some nerd in a lab coat, to to respect the back and forth that Q has, that Q doesn't back down from any of the comments that Bond makes and actually continues that conversation to not only um, kind of earn his respect, the only thing that really fucking shits me is somebody who's worked in IT is Q plugging <laughs> that fucking briefcase laptop computer shit into their network is, like, the most ridiculous thing in the world. Like, it is just so, like, from an IT perspective, it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Why would you plug it into your network that's directly, like, connected to your main network and everything else? It's so dumb. And it's, like, the only part of this movie that, like, for that portion, I was like, what the fucking... What, what's See, that? I, I see a lot of people point that out and go, that's a plot hole. I'm like, that's not what a plot hole is. That's a... That's a you can dumb, call it a, a dumb character mist- moment or, like, a badly written character moment or whatever, but it's definitely not a plot hole. It's not a plot hole. It's just, I think it, it's a badly written character moment for Q. I think if we'd seen somebody else walk in there and plug it in, maybe. But the fact that everything Q does is Q plugs it in himself. He's working on it and everything. And then it's him that turns around and goes, how did you get into our network? Oh, I don't know. Like I put, a, you can call I put it, it like down humorous. to hubris. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mean- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Because he's literally it's- like at the start of that scene. He's like, I'm, what, I'm the one who invented it or whatever. You know? I don't know. I just feel like it's just one of those things. It's just for me- is kind of rule 101 of kind of 
potentially bad, like infected computers. Just don't plug it directly into your network. It's a bad thing. Um, but that, like Ray Fiennes, I think is amazing. I think they do a fantastic job of bringing in Fiennes' character as um, this almost unlikable person trying to to shake things up and having that as a bad thing, and then move him into the M role by the end of this movie, and and have it that him and James have kind of a not an easy start together and like you know that that builds that relationship really well i i really just love this movie i think javier is amazing i think insinuating that james bond has had same-sex relationships in the past is fucking just genius in many ways to kind of flip off everybody who holds on to james bond being a total womanizer and being like some kind of fucking um just yeah selfish douchebag i remember when this came out people people online were like oh man it's crazy that it's it's great to see or like there's two arguments of like oh it was good that they had like a, a gay character in a bond film but then they're like oh but of course he was the villain and he had this whole back forth but then there was like a third there was a third group of people who were like yeah gay and then people were like what are you talking about like, he, he says no, it. He, he was just pl- he was just playing to get in bond psyche like there was these people being I like did. so not I, accepting <laughs> i wouldn't necessarily yeah i don't think he was Gay. I think he was definitely like trying to make Bond well, not- as uncomfortable as possible. But you know, he's bisexual. I think bisexual. <laughs> but bi- I mean, he's potentially like- he he had a female sex slave. So yeah, and it's implied. And <laughs> if you believe Bond's like uh, James Bond line about oh, it's my first time, then the, the movie implies that Bond is bisexual as well. Well, yeah, because he goes, "What makes you think this is my first time?" Like, 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 it, you know, it's just kind a of man's got to do what like- a man's got to do. But that's the thing, right? Spyware. That's the the meta commentary of, you know, that's almost not line just being said to Javier, but it's being said to the audience as a whole as well, and to critics that are trying to cling on to what James Bond used to be and not move along with the times and move along with what this new version of Bond is. Um, I, I reckon any 21st century character who you're going to write as like sort of a, uh, a sex stud or whatever you're going to call it, they better be bisexual actually writing them wrong. <laughs> like, you know, better make sure those characters swing both ways. <laughs> um, but I think yeah, overall this movie is set is shot so picture like this set is like the s- shots in this movie are stunning all the way through. Um, yeah, I think it's it's exciting the whole the whole time. I was really happy of having a full length James Bond movie again and not just the the ninety minutes that was Quantum of Solace. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about this movie. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's it's a fantastic James Bond film. I don't know if it's the greatest like obviously no no, no no it's no i don't think it's like the quintessential james bond movie you know i don't think when you think james bond it necessarily is skyfall the movie you think of purely because this is so different to kind of all the other james bond movies before no that's what i was saying at the start where i understand if people are like this is like the best but then they, they prefer a normal quote-unquote normal james bond movie but then yeah. i'd be like well then I guess the best James Bond movie is Casino Royale. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's it's also so, such a personal tale and it's like uh, exploring James's backstory, which you kind of wish they'd left after this one, but we'll get into that next week, I'm sure. Um, yeah, and, you know, it, it's such a personal tale, like... Like you said, not a massive villain that's wanted to take over the world. It's just one guy with a vendetta against M. Um, yeah, I, Javier Benem, amazing. Uh, we'll get into him a bit more in a second. Uh, but yeah, a lot of, just 
the most beautifully shot James Bond film. Like, it's because of this film that I know who Roger Deakins is and, like, pay attention to projects he's working on. It's like, all the, the shots in Macau, the shots in the Shanghai, in the the skyscraper, the, like, the lighting work in that, that's freaking insane. How did he... How do you do that with a camera? It's like crazy. Uh, even like the stuff in Scotland, like in the house. Uh, I love that the movie turns into Home Alone towards the end. Damn Judy Dench. Yeah. Uh, incredible. Uh, yeah. And like you said, kind of introducing all these characters um, like Money Penny, like you, um, and then passing the torch to Ray Fiennes, who you were, I feel like everybody was like skeptical of him the first time you were watching the film. Like, oh, this guy's going to turn out to be a douchebag. Or he is a douchebag. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, amazingly written. Like, everything across the board. Simply amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's get into some of the characters. Uh, obviously, we've got Naomi Harris, Money Penny. Um, something that's not revealed until right to the end, but... Uh, Really amazing and cool, cool opening as well. Um, in I can't remember Grand Bazaar. I want to say Turkey, um, with the train and the <laughs> the caterpillar. The I want to call it, yeah, or whatever the the digger, the big the construction equipment. <laughs> yeah, the digger. Just call what kids call them. The digger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah, what do we think of uh, Naomi Harris in this? Yeah, she's really good. Really, I think uh, they she's much more engaging and interesting because you get to see her kick ass and be in the field, and then by the time they stick her behind a desk, you're kind of like, why? But then she's like, oh, I feel like this is right or whatever. Like, I don't know. At this stage when I was watching this one, it really felt like there was so much more they could do with that character going forward. And then, um, again, they, they fuck it up, Inspector. But we're... As for this film, you, I feel like her her arc is like to the degree that she ends up becoming becoming the money penny that we all just sort of know as the receptionist or whatever you want to call her. Like it, it sort of makes sense for her character at this point in time, but it feels like when when you get to the credits of this that you could definitely see her getting out from behind that desk and kicking ass because that's what you've seen her do. And you, yeah, sure. Um, I I think this is great. I think. It is so well played. The chemistry that they have um, is between Bond and Naomi is so fantastic in this movie. The back and forth, the banter, the the kind of the tension that's there, especially in the um, the the shaving scene and the discussion they're having there. To then, you know, it's not insinuated or anything that they you know slept together or anything after that point. They went on a mission after that point. Um, I think it is. It's one of those things, and it was almost one of those interesting things in the original James Bond about probably the only thing interesting about Money Penny and Bond was like kind of working out what exactly was their relationship and 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 kind of um from the small moments you see of them throughout that so I think to build her up she puts herself in a fantastic position at the end of this movie um to kind of to go on forward and to move on with more in this but obviously with uh, all things Spectre it is uh, not the way that people had hoped to do it no uh, and I also enjoyed the the ribbing through the entire film of uh, you know Money Penny almost killing James Bond. Uh, well, she did technically kill him for a moment. Yeah, 
Well, he was. He I was mean, she, she had to dead. stew on that for like months. Thinking yeah, she did. She had to, she had, that she did do it. Yeah, exactly. It's like pretty crazy. Uh, then we've also got uh, Benini, Berenice Malo uh, plays Severine. Um, don't get much here. You know, it's your typical blonde fling. Damsel in distress. You know, it's fine. She looked the part. Uh, let's get to Javier Bedem. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking amazing. Since the moment he walks in, that rat speech, I forgot about it. It's like, you got to enjoy that speech all over again. You know, mm. it's just perfectly framed as well. Uh, from him all the other way at the end of the hall. Just walking slowly down. Amazing. Um, you haven't watched No Country for Men, have Yeah, you? I've cu- watched No Country for Men. Okay, I was about to say, because I, I don't know if it's confirmed anywhere, but I feel like this movie was written for him, uh, based off him like giving a speech in, or like the way he sort of acts in No Country. F- no Country. I feel like that, I, I definitely just feel like the role was written for him, and if they didn't get him, then you would have had someone else sort of acting in his shadow. It would have been one of those sorts of things. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, even the conversation he had with James, I think, is quite interesting. Like, I used to be M's favourite, you know. And then constantly berating him and saying, oh, your knees must be so hurt. Like, you're struggling standing. <laughs> like, uh, tr- yeah, like, Kieran's treating him like an old dog and that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, and then, you know, you, of course, have the weird <laughs> facial damage. So that looks so cool. I remember being absolutely it horrified. It still looks it. pretty good. It's like, Prill's still uh, terrible to look at. Yeah, so pretty solid digital effects. Even his descent into madness in the final kind of scenes of this movie with him kind of wanting M to, to kill herself, but him at the same time and stuff like that was like, that shit's just messed up and estranged in so many ways. Um, it is. He's got yeah, mommy issues. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just his delivery of everything is pretty amazing. Like, top tier James Bond villain. And, like, I think, obviously, somebody, all the other villains will be compared to. So, it's kind of... Especially when we come from, you know, Mr. Green from Quantum of Solace to this. It's like, this is just... This is just in a whole different universe. This kind of style of villain and, and acting from performance in general compared to what we got in Quantum of Solace and how kind of watered down a meh that really was. Mm. And the best thing is, he's one of those villains where you, you're like, you are the bad guy, and you understand he's the bad guy, and you want him to be stopped, but you also understand how and why he's got to the stage he's at. So, it's not like you're rooting for the bad guy to win, but you at least understand I think why. In this movie, important. and I think it, there are some similarities in the storyline, I compare him a lot to Heath Ledger's Joker. I think there's, in many ways, a lot of similarities, other than, you know... Joker being complete chaos and him having a purpose for what he's doing. Um, but I think in many ways, just how captivating he is when he's talking, um, you know, the whole performance of him being captured and the kind of the delivery of the interrogation afterwards and everything. I think it, for me, it, there is comparison between the two. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a fantastic way and it's very much a masterclass of not only how to write a villain, but for actors who are taking on the roles of villains how to embody that role and kind of take on those kind of projects. Yeah, absolutely. You know, General Craig's been very lucky to be up against, like, some pretty high-profile villains, like, actor-wise. Like, 
pretty critically acclaimed uh, people because, you know, everybody loves a villain. <laughs> Am I right? Uh, anything else? Obviously, uh, I guess the other thing is, obviously, um, you know, as good as this was, obviously it was, you know, it was it came out the 50th anniversary of James Bond. Am I, I'm sure we all thought when he went to Skyfall, Albert Finney's character was meant to be played by Sean Connery initially. Is that that your guys read on that character? Well, no, because possibly, but I guess the thing for me is they have doubled down in this movie of there is the kind of the idea when it comes to the James Bond being different actors throughout the time. There is the idea that James Bond is just the name and these are actually different people being James Bond. Um, it's just the name that's being applied to the, the agent at the time. I guess this movie doubles down on the fact that his birth name was James Bond, like and his parents were um, Bonds as well. Like I think this movie doubles down a little bit more on nah, Daniel Craig is the one and only James Bond. Whenever we come to doing a new James Bond, that's going to be a complete either restart or kind of a cut-off reboot in many ways. Maybe keeping, you know, Ray Fiennes and everything, but um, kind of rebooting that whole system again. Um, in a well, way. we already have the thing where in No Time to Die, apparently, um, what's a what's a face is 007 because he's retired. The Shana Lynch, yeah, yeah, and people were getting shitty that about that, saying, "Oh, if we cast Bond to be a, a black woman now, oh no!" It's like, well, like no. if he's retired and it's simply a <laughs> like it's that someone taking up the mantle of 007 isn't <laughs> isn't a ridiculous I mean, concept. So I don't know if they want to continue the universe with Daniel Craig retiring, they. You're going to have to live in a world where someone else is. You're not going to have Bond in it anymore. You're just going to have someone else playing. Why wouldn't you have Bond in it? You could. Well, I'm saying if they want to continue the universe. I don't know if they do want to do. I don't know. It it all relies on that film and how that film ends. On that that film sets up. When we when we get to No Time to Die, if that film sets up and and it feels like this potentially setting up to continue the universe with some of those characters or whatever without Daniel Craig we shall see because otherwise yeah we're just we're either rebooting again or they're just going to go back to the old-fashioned way of whatever cast someone else it's set wherever it doesn't fucking matter but people don't i would say that's not going to work now because people like connected they like connective timelines they like sequels that make sense i don't think the old school way of doing james bond movies look i'm not saying i'm against it i would watch it but i'm just saying i think cinema audiences today who are I think used to Marvel and stuff? To, they want sequels. I think, I think now it. I think they could make it work like the old ones in terms of keep the surrounding cast, but have it be a different James Bond and just pretend it's in a different. It's almost like it's in a different fucking timeline, a different universe in it. Because I think not. Look, honestly, I'm personally kind of sick of everything being fucking connected, and I wish yeah. some movies would strike out on their own and be like, no, 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 this is this thing like these five movies are the daniel craig movies we're now doing bond again but we're doing them with this new bond and this new bond is going to be his three movies or five movies or however yeah. many fucking movies we decide to do with it yeah literally um, how they did yeah how, I think they always did it yeah i, I don't always, yeah i don't think it yeah i don't i don't think they're going to continue like a connected universe it doesn't really matter for bond it's like well, here's my yeah. second question. I don't know if it's too early to ask it. We've still got enough movie to talk about and then the, the new one, but does Bond even matter anymore? And the only way to answer that is I mean, let's yes. see how let's see how the box office and the reception to No Time to Die is because I as much as I enjoyed watching the Skyfall again, 
Um, and Spectre's meh, okay, or whatever. And we'll talk about that next week. And I'm really excited for No Time to Die. I also just don't feel like, I personally don't feel like James Bond is a character that is and holds as much love for like younger people or uh, current cinema going audience as a lot of other franchises. No, I think it, you know, it's like, it's like Hamlet, you know, you can be, that character can be played a bunch of different ways. I think I just uh, you just need to find the find the right actor to do it. It's slightly different. It's like I just think- it's like Bond, like Daniel Craig's Bond is not the super suave spy that we've had previously, like the Pierce Brosnan type. You know, you see him wearing disguises and stuff, that kind of thing. You know, he's not always in the suit. And like, if you look through the the original Bond books. There was never heaps of through lines. There was a little bit, but in even in the books, it was very almost serialized that each book could stand on its own. Like you could pick up a book, read a book without having to, and get the. I'd whole say plot you could watch Skyfall without watching any yes, James Bond movie before. I think up until and recently you, still care. you could do that. Up until recently, you could do that with any of the James Bonds. I think um, Casino Royale and the and Quantum of Solace were the first two that really interconnected. For me, you could watch fucking any of the Pierce Brosnans. You can watch any Roger Moore's. Like, you just watch it without needing much or any kind of information from the past. Like, just because the it has the same characters in it in terms of, like, you know, your, your M's, your Q's, your, your money pennies and stuff like that, doesn't mean that they're ever connected too much. There's never any need for you to know prior knowledge before you sit down and watch a James Bond movie until Quantum of Solace, which was totally kind of, like, honestly... Quantum and Solace could just be kind of like taped to the end of Casino Royale, and that could, in theory, just be one big James Bond. It could have been a four-hour James Bond movie. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a disappointing ending. To movie. Would have been a fucked ending that we're like, why did this movie keep going? Um, but yeah, in, in theory, that one, that, or it could have even been like Casino Royale Part One and Part Two, like really with how it's set up and everything. Absolutely. Anything else we don't want to discuss about Skyfall? It's really good. It's fantastic. People, if you, <laughs> for some reason, you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, I just want to listen to these idiots talk about it, but I don't yeah. want to watch it. What? Shut up and go watch it. I mean, like, yeah. Like, just go watch it, please. Do yourself a favor. Um, there's not much else better you could be watching right now that kind of reached this height and this level. I guess the other thing to discuss is the 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 amount of brain work it went into Silver's plan. To get M to where she was in that spot. The what spot? The he wanted to kill her in the the whatever. Oh, the meeting. Or whatever. No, no, no. Oh, well, that, the, the yeah, okay. At the meeting, like we I guess all he, that planning to. He well, I think he's very egotistical. He wanted the showboating of the first couple of sets of just absolutely fucking with M, and kind of ruin and ruining her mentally. He wanted the egotistical moment of purposely almost getting caught fucking with her in person and then escaping to come and kill her in a space where she would think she was safe um mm. i think he he it, everything was to him was a very much a big show a big a big event and a big show and tell of everything it wasn't just you know honestly the guy could at any moment have just knocked on her door and shot her like realistically but he's yeah. one villain there absolutely uh two other things I love the guy getting murdered by a Komodo dragon in the middle of the casino. It's pretty cool. 
<laughs> Forgot about that, and I was like, wow. Everybody's just standing around watching. Nobody's screaming this- for help or anything. <laughs> I just assume that it has to be like a Star Wars reference. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Javier Bendem just sets off a train to try and kill James Bond. Yep. Okay. How he prepared to have dynamite right there in that one spot. Don't know. Bad guy. That's cool. <laughs> Entire train. All right. Uh, Skyfall, of course, had the signature song skyfall performed by adele uh opening credits to this one really cool as well you know tying into him falling in the water and then like being pulled and then this the skyfall thing uh the skyfall motif that nobody knew what it actually meant like until you know they come to skyfall uh but you know catchy song adele's really good uh, <laughs> i mean it's, it's just a memorable song like I feel like it was more played everywhere than any other uh, Bond song, in, at least in General Craig's era. So, in our rankings of James Bond songs, it's Skyfall uh, by Adele, Chris Cornell, number two, <laughs> uh, Jack White, Alicia Keys, number three. Ash, uh, Dylan disagrees with that. This is my number one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this uh, is- I, think it's, I think it's in part with... Um, how much I like the movie, and I I I do like generally like the song as well, and it's just, it's simple and catchy. And then, as you were saying, it was like heavily played around a lot, uh, be that radio and TV or whatever else. Like you heard it a lot, and I didn't get sick of it. So, uh, I I mean, I even listened to it a lot, like in the lead up to, and then after this movie's release, I remember listening to this one quite a lot. And I listened to this more than others because this was the this was the James Bond movie I think I grabbed onto the most out of the 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 three, where I was like, "Oh wow, I'm fucking all aboard this new direction for the Bond franchise." Fuck yeah, let's go! And then that made me like the song more. So yeah, I I definitely have this as number one. Kieran, what's your number two and three though, Dylan? If people aren't catching, my number up. two was whatever that song was called by uh, Jack White. What was that called? Good to know that you remembered. <laughs> Quantum of Solace. Um, number number three was... The, uh, that uh, was like Another Day to Die, I think. Is yeah, Another that, Day to yeah, Die. Yeah, that was it. Another Day to Die. And number three was that, that, that other one. I've already forgot. Cena Royale. <laughs> it's You Know My Name by Chris Cornell. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fucking yeah. hell. Yep. All right. Uh, Kieran. Uh, yeah, this is... I think it's pretty unanimous. That this is the best Bond song of the ones we've watched so far and probably overall in this um, Daniel Craig series, I think. Uh, having this large orchestral piece instead of like the last two have kind of been a little bit more rocky, a little bit more kind of contemporary. Having this is kind of a large kind of more orchestral piece. Having the orchestral score is like the orchestral is for this is amazing. But um, like having Adele's large voice, having the kind of the melancholy that is in this song reflects so well throughout the entire movie. Um, having that opening scene of James Bond being pulled down, but then having that happening again later on in the movie and him kind of fighting back from that moment, I think is just poetically so well done. Um, and I think overall, yeah, it's, it's, it's for me, it's just an overall fantastic song. Any song that can stand, stand high and, and kind of dominate the world's music charts on its own. And then also be kind of be a fantastic song choice for a song. I think it's great no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, and of course, he got beaten out for the Oscar by. Uh, I can't remember. Hang on. <laughs> no, it won. <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> I didn't get beaten at all. What could you. <laughs> I thought it lost. Uh, but no, won the Academy Award. So, you know, first Bond song to do that. So. Alright, let's know what you thought of Skyfall by letting us know on Twitter at explosion.com slash Twitter or jump into Discord at explosion.com slash Discord. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or let people know about what you want to watch on Twitter. Uh, and if you liked this episode and thought it was a good dollar, head on over to our coffee page at explosion.com slash support and buy some coffee. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, keep watching stuff like this.